to the fourth episode of the Building Spiritual Capacity podcast. In the last episode, we talked about our second line of effort in building spiritual capacity, which was intense study. In this episode, we'll look at our third line of effort, immediate action. We're using the following passage as the basis of our study. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, and Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 27. Our points to ponder for this episode from Matthew chapter 4 we're looking at what are the words used to describe how the disciples reacted to Jesus and for Matthew chapter 7 we're looking at the what is the relationship here between hearing and doing what God tells us in Matthew chapter 4 verses 18 through 22 we see that Jesus has just started his ministry uh, he had been baptized he has been tempted of the devil, fasted 40 days, and now as he comes from that experience fasting 40 days, he is walking, we find him walking by the Sea of Galilee. And here in verse 18 we read, And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I wanted to point out here, part of what we're doing here in building spiritual capacity is, is developing our confidence in, in God, how he communicates to us, how he instructs us, how he helps us. And we, we build this confidence as we see God interacting with people in the scriptures. Here, in the case of Jesus, we see some great examples of how God interacts. First of all, Jesus comes to them. Uh, you know, certainly I believe that as Jesus, if he, Jesus were to just set up a, a brick-and-mortar building, as we say these days, a, a, little, a little miracle shop, he could have just had people come to the shop, start doing a few miracles, and he would have lines snaking out the door. Uh, but, and he could have just sat there, he could have just waited for them to come to him. But in this case, Jesus went to the sea, specifically looking for these individuals, calling them to follow him. The same is true with God. Uh, he will come to us. Certainly he's up there in his uh, heavenly realm, but through his Holy Spirit, he approaches us in many ways in our lives. Uh, and whether that's through other people, whether that's through something we hear, uh, a song or a message or something we're experiencing, God will approach us and invite us to follow Him during all of these experiences. He's ever seeking us to follow Him. So He does this in this case. He goes to the sea. He's walking on the shore, and He runs into Peter and Andrew and invites them to follow Him. But here's the other thing. Jesus uh, speaks to them in a language that they will understand. And God also does this for us. God will speak to us in ways that we can understand. They're fishermen. So he tells them, hey, Peter and Andrew, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. In that one phrase, there's so much there that they would understand as fishermen. Fishing is difficult. They're here uh, on, the, on the shore uh, working, just maybe perhaps finishing or getting ready to get started with their day of work. But... 
they know what he means by saying, I will make you fishers of men, just by that simple phrase. It's difficult. You know, I'm not much of a fisherman, but what I do know about fishing is that it doesn't just happen easily. You just don't walk up to the lake and drop your line in, and 30 seconds later, you got a fish on the line. There's a lot of intention behind it. There's a lot of effort behind it. You have to know, you know, what, where's the spot that the fish are going to be biting? You know, what time of year is it? What's the temperature of the water? Uh, what uh, type of fish are we even looking for? Uh, what's the bait that those types of fish like? And then you have to have a lot of patience. Once you get there, you got to coax the fish into nibbling on the line. So, so in this case, uh, Jesus knows exactly his audience, exactly who he's talking to, and he knows exactly what uh, what to say to them to entice them to follow. Now in verse 20, Peter and Andrew, it says, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. There they are with their nets, and they straightway lead their nets to follow Jesus. This is the words that we're looking for. We, we ask you to look what are the words to describe how they reacted? They immediately left. So just like Peter and Andrew, we too, as God comes to us, as he invites us to follow him in a way that we are going to understand, our, then our requirement after that is to then follow him immediately. Follow the example of Peter and Andrew and follow him immediately. Now I want to kind of point out exactly what's happening here. Because uh, Jesus uh, asked them to leave their nets. This is their livelihood. This is how they're feeding their families. We know, obviously, Peter and Andrew are brothers. Uh, their father is Jonah. We know that later on we see Jesus interacting with Peter's mother-in-law. So we know Peter is married. They have families, undoubtedly. They have families in this case. And Jesus is asking them to to lead their livelihood, the way that they're feeding their families and follow him, that is a huge sacrifice. That is a huge sacrifice. Now, I'm sitting here at this moment recording this particular podcast in Afghanistan. Uh, and this is my third time here. Um, certainly, I've felt guided to be in the military uh, by God, and that required some sacrifice. And there's many of you out here who have had similar sacrifices. They've been away from their families to serve the nation, uh, inspired by by God to be in this profession. Uh, but it's difficult, and I want to emphasize this. It's not easy when Jesus asks us to follow him all the time. He's not asking, and now that you decided to follow me, your life's going to be a breeze. Uh, you have to make legitimate sacrifices to follow Jesus. Now, verse 21, we see that Jesus went on from thence, talking to Peter and Andrew, and he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother. And they were in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Jesus called James and John while they were mending their nets. Verse 22, he says, And they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. So once again, Jesus is calling these two brethren. They're with their father. It's the family business. And they leave the family business to follow Jesus. There's no telling at this moment or what the context is, what, whether or not what they're about to 
to embark on is going to be lucrative or it's going to help them take care of their families. Nevertheless, they leave their father, they leave their family, they leave their profession, and they follow Jesus immediately. So for us, this is where we get the, this idea of immediate action. As we're praying and as we're studying and as we're trying to find out what God wants us to do, he will communicate that to us. And then he's asking us to act on those, uh, on those actions or act on those principles and those ideas and those invitations that we get from God to do certain things. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 27, we see Jesus kind of elaborate on this idea of, of doing what he's asked us to do and this call to immediately act on the things that he's invited us to do. This is at the this is at towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Verse twenty two he says, Many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, we have have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So as, as we're studying, as we're learning what the Father's will is for us, either in the scriptures, because we see what the commandments are, we see what the instructions are, we see what Jesus is inviting us to do, or either th through that or through the Holy Spirit, as this Holy Spirit witnesses to us, hey, these are something that God is inviting us to do, it's not just about hearing that and saying, okay, yeah, that's a good idea, and then not doing anything, but it's, it's those who hear it and then do it. Here is the way that the King James put it. So you hear the call, you hear the invitation, and then you do what is being asked. And uh, it's important to emphasize again that you're doing the Father's will. There's a lot of things that we could be doing that yeah, might be good, um, and, and, and maybe they're, they're good Christian things to do, but it may not be the best thing that God wants us to be, be doing at that time. So we have to be able to be in tune with that. Again, listening to the Holy Spirit, talk to us, speak to us, and tell us what God needs us to be doing at, at any given time. Verse 24, Jesus continues. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will like him liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. In my uh, growing up, we used to sing a song about this in our children's church uh, time. Uh, the wise man built his house upon a rock. And that's what Jesus is saying. Those that not only hear what I'm saying, but those that do what I'm saying, they are those who are like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. Then, if your house is built on a solid foundation, then when the floods come, the rains come, uh, the winds come, you will be able to withstand all of those storms because you have built your 
built yourself and built your foundation upon the rock. In this case, the rock of our Savior Jesus Christ and His atoning sacrifice. These, this is the rock upon which we're built. This gospel, uh, it, it's alluding to. It kind of reminds me of this, the idea, um, of, you know, building on this sure foundation. Uh, Jesus is an immovable. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, as we as we hear in the scriptures. This, this is the one answer. Is through Jesus Christ we can be saved and live with with God. So, uh, but he he attaches this idea of hearing and doing. Now, this is not I'm not intending to get into a discussion about you know works and grace and et cetera et cetera. This is not really the point of that. And there's different deep and important theological reasons why uh, you know behind people's different philosophy related to works, etc. But in my mind, there is a clear relationship here between hearing and doing and the difference between that and just hearing. Jesus continues in verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So here, here's the contrast. Those that hear the word, but don't do the word, they're, when the winds come, when the winds blow, when the storms arise, their house will fall, because they are not, uh, they're not built on a rock. They're not built on a sure foundation. They're built on the sand. So, uh, you know, I liken this to my own life, my own career, to a certain extent. Uh, kind of a phrase that I say is that, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say you can jump out of an airplane, but it's a whole other thing to do it. Uh, you know, I've, I've been a paratrooper, if you will, uh, pretty much my whole Army career. Jumped out of airplanes about 44 times. That's, you know, that's lightweight for some people. That's not very very many, but uh, it's certainly plenty of uh, airborne operations. And for the most part, for many of my jumps, these are military operations. This is not like going down to the to the local skydiving place on the weekend. Uh, and you know, some of you, if you're not familiar with the process, uh, this is you know putting on a lot of heavy military equipment, cramming yourself into an airplane with a bunch of other people and jumping out at a relatively low altitude and hoping that you don't break everything when you hit the ground. Um, it's uh, uh, the, the military operations, airborne operations, are designed to get as many troops to the ground as quickly and as safely as possible. Uh, and, and so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating process. I enjoy, I enjoy it, I don't enjoy it, um, but what I have noticed is that you know I, I interact with soldiers quite a bit, and I see uh, see them. They're talking to each other. They're talking to their buddies, their family members, and even I kind of fell into this when I was a, a young soldier, just kind of bragging about being a paratrooper. Right? They tell you in airborne school that you're the one percent of the one one percent of the U.S. population joins the military, and only one percent of that population joins uh, is airborne. And so they really try to build up this idea of, hey, 
your your paratrooper, your airborne. This is a this is a, a thing you should take pride in uh, that you you volunteered to do this. Well, um, uh, you know, so I I went home and I bragged to my wife, bragged to my family. Hey, even though I was scared out of my mind to jump out of an airplane <laughs> the first five times and probably the first ten times, uh, my I went back and I bragged to my wife. Hey, I'm an airborne. I'm a paratrooper. Uh, and uh, but then and, and so it's easy to do that and I hear soldiers talking about it you know they're, they're bragging to their buddies back at home they're posting stuff about how it's cool to be airborne uh, on Facebook or maybe they're uh, they spent the weekend out at uh, the local watering hole or the club and they're uh, trying to impress uh, someone that they're uh, interested in uh, they're trying to impress them or they're trying to impress their their buddies and they'll be like yeah man I'm a paratrooper I jump out of airplanes you know blah blah, blah. I'm, I'm super cool I do this, uh, but then I see that same paratrooper or these same guys, not all of them, I'm not trying to discredit any, too many of my uh, fellow uh, compatriots and my, my former soldiers that I've been with in those units, but uh, but I've definitely seen plenty of dudes who are probably bragging on the weekend about how cool it is to jump out of airplanes, and they got a parachute on, and they're a thousand feet in the, in the air with uh, 60 other guys and gals about ready to jump out of an airplane and I can tell you that the expression on their face is not confidence or arrogance it is I hope I don't break every bone in my body when I land when I land this time um, so uh, the phrase like I said is you know it's one thing to say you can jump out of an airplane it's a whole other thing to do it and I believe that that's exactly what Jesus is teaching us here and this these are not the only places Jesus at, uh, teaches this principle he uh, He's very big on doing what you say you're going to do. Uh, he's, he's harsh on people who claim to be good and righteous people, but really aren't. Uh, he's also very, uh, invites each of us to not only hear what he says and learn what he says, but to do what he says. And I see plenty of people out here that claim to be Christians, claim to follow Jesus, but their behavior doesn't seem to match so it leads me to sometimes question now, this is just what i see and, and to be frank if, if we're honest with ourselves there are times in our own lives where we we say we believe in certain things but then we don't do them um, and that's something for us to analyze and to look at and really judge ourselves and say okay am i living and am i doing what god has has taught me to do and what he's invited me to do or am i uh, or am I just being a hearer of the word? Our action for this week was to pick one spiritual discipline to approve on and set a goal to do this discipline each day this week. I pray that you had success in your goals uh, and that it was a blessing in your life and helped you to continue to build your spiritual capacity. In addition, I hope that you chose an accountability partner and that you reported to them this week how well you did or maybe how well you didn't do. Uh, you know, and each week as you choose these accountability partners, it could be the same person, uh, perhaps, but you may also want to expand that you can have multiple accountability partners uh, or you can choose a different person each week to help you along this journey to build your spiritual capacity. In the remaining 17 episodes, we'll look at the various biblical principles and figures that will help us to build our spiritual capacity. 
also keep in mind that the program the whole point of the program is designed to build this habit of of exercising these three lines of effort so each time each day as you conduct your 30 minutes of daily spiritual training you know your high intensity interval training be sure that you're you're praying with a purpose studying intensely and then acting immediately paying attention to those points to ponder really digging into the scriptures and then listening for God's instructions to you that you might follow um, his invitations next episode we'll look at Abraham's example of faith one of my favorite stories and passages of this of uh, of the Old Testament the scriptural passage then is in Genesis chapter 21 1 through 8 and Genesis 22 1 through 18 we won't read all of those word for word just to uh, let you know but um, but we will talk about the story as a whole and and the point to ponder will be after Abraham's long wait to have his son Isaac um, what did God ask Abraham to do and then what are the difficult sacrifices the Lord has given us to make in our life and then are you willing to lay down everything for God these are the points that we want to look at as we're reading through these these passages. The action then is to set a goal to make some sort of sacrifice for God this next week. Uh, and then to tell someone about the results going back to the accountability piece there. So until next time, remember to trust in God and do His will. Mm -hmm.